Welcome, everybody, to another interview from Fire in the Dark postseason one. And I am joined by Ice Cold Brew. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. I am Cole, aka Ice Cold Brew. I play Tristero Wax Valentine, the spider on the Fire in the Dark crew, and the co founder of Murmur Venture Project. And probably current only owner now. Uh, it's a shared partnership now. We all have it's oh, a different project fair. soon. <laughs> yeah, the, the maybe a name change. We'll see. Yeah, you will uh, see. And actually, while I'm thinking about it, you have a lot more than just wax. Uh Tristero, Devil's Bargain, Desperate Great, Spider, Wax, Push Yourself, Needs Therapy, Stressed Out, and Quirky Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. And probably a couple more from the finale. Just a little. Yeah. Um Oh, God. What a ride. So, starting off, um, you... So, besides Fire in the Dark, what all do you do? So, outside of Fire in the Dark, I'm also a cast member on Tonari's Half Dozen, who just we just wrapped up Season 1 for, mm-hmm. on uh, Huntsman's Hydra as well. I am a general manager for a Rocket League esports team called Demolition for Minor League Esports. Uh, I'm a part-time barista, full-time stress worker. Uh, I also co-host Inside the Table podcast, my friend uh, Marley, a.k.a. Minar Lenahan. And from time to time, I'm on streams, you know. Sometimes I'm playing games, sometimes I'm playing tabletop. Depends on the day. And the um, day. I know for sure links to Inside the Table will be in the comments because I'm going to hype it up so that way there's more chance of me being a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, now... Talked about Cole. Who is Tristero Valentine? And what I'm asking here is what inspirations did you pull from? And that could be musical, media, or otherwise. Um I I thought about this like basically a part of the way through the show, but Tristero mm-hmm. is a little bit of a side that happens to me too often, but spin it out of control severely. Um, music inspirations, I think about, uh, I really do think about the Arcane soundtrack from, uh, that League of Legends Netflix show, mm-hmm. which was really good. Uh, a little bit of Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, just a lot of, like, kind of revenge plot stories. Of, uh, I watched a lot of The Wire before we started doing the show at one point, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The Wire was definitely a big touchstone. But the big thing from Tristero that kind of inspired me was just like, what if I take this personality part of me where I keep putting on more projects, do a whole bunch of work, volunteer for things, keep myself extremely busy, and ignore all my mental problems? Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, uh, Tristero is like that worst part where I don't have a catch-all, where I don't immediately go, wait, wait, wait. I built a really shitty bridge and I need to fit a huge convoy across this bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I need to oh, slow that's, down. That's such a good analogy. Uh um, for those not in the content creation space that have no idea what we're talking about, we're talking about burnout, which happens mm-hmm. a lot in our industry. Um, though kind of on that note, you say you took Tristero as a part of you and spun it out of control. Mm-hmm. How did you handle character bleed this season? Honestly, shout out to my partner. So a lot of uh, 
character bleed for this season for me was just like being tired, uh, a little bit exhausted, but being able to talk mm-hmm. about everything that happened. So I have a partner who lives with me and she and I both have various passion projects we both do. Uh, she doesn't really play tabletop games that much, but she likes about hearing about stories. And so I'm always yeah. telling her what's going on ev- after every session. And she always wants to hear the podcast and such, which is always really nice. Uh, so a lot of it is just decompressing and talking with her. It, it It is going to my other job, which is me as a barista. I mm-hmm. generally do love that because I get to go into work and my boss says, yeah, do whatever you want. And I start just making up drinks uh, with whatever ingredients we have available and uh, say, hey, maybe we can do this for the next month as one of the specials. Or, hey, I saw this cool thing. Can we get this product? And just working with her on that, which is mm-hmm. that's one of the big ways I decompress. Hey, you know, also hours of video gaming. Yes, which um, going back to your Twitch streams includes Elden Ring, Cult of the Lamb, and Pokemon. And Norco. Um, and Norco. All very not stressful games at all. There's straight up a, a clip of me and Holly screaming because there is one jump scare in Norco. And yep. it's awful. When did you first hear about Blades in the Dark? What got you into it? And what has hooked you about the system? So I actually first heard of Blades in the Dark. Uh, I think 2017. Yeah, 2017 is about right. Mm-hmm. And this was back when it was first in development. They had just got like a, uh, there were like a few first versions in before putting out the actual final edition. But mm-hmm. it was from Friends at the Table during their Marietta season, which is like their in between between uh, their first season and third season. Not second season, it was like a pre third season, basically, like a little mini mm-hmm. thing. Back then, when you rolled resistance, it wasn't six minus whatever you rolled, it was roll a d6 that's how much stress you take on you roll low it was brutal and there was like a uh drug component for cutters where you could take a rage file but you had to take resist two different effects uh Mm. one causing you to just go uh and hit everyone in between one being frenzied Mm -hmm. Like, it was a very brutal version. I'm glad they got rid of that and kind of changed it up more for this. Yeah. Um, But what interested me about it was the GM didn't ask you to roll something. It was you kind of talk about uh, what you're doing and you say what you want to roll. And that, you know, I'm coming off of D&D 3.5 at that point. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that, that sounds like something I would like, actually. And, mm-hmm. you know, started digging more into it. Played uh, an online game at one point, uh, kept jumping back and forth, and just really got into it. Um, what really hooked me about it, too, is the open narrative storytelling, where it you could easily plan for consequences. You could mm-hmm. easily flash back to something, and like the game rewarded you for that. Like, yes, you are someone who plans everything perfectly. Think of it like a heist film. Mm-hmm. Think of it like Ocean's Eleven, and that caught my eye. Yeah, And from there, I fell into the rabbit hole of multiple systems. You know, started with Blades in the Dark, went to Scum and Villainy, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, learned about Lady Blackbird, which was actually like a broken down version of Fortune in the Dark, but had a very yep. specific setting. Uh, from there, we can go into uh, one of your favorites, 
Beam Saber by Austin mm-hmm. Ramsey, which has yep. a new version out. You should go check out. Yes. Um, then we have uh, games we actually borrowed rules from. Songs for the Dusk by, uh, by Kavita Paduri and mm-hmm. Quinn Vega, uh, who have done a wonderful job of building a very hopeful setting versus the very dark and bleak uh, steampunk setting of Dusk Fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being able to sit in and, like, learn more about these. Oh, yeah, I should also mention Fathom from uh, Matthew Gaziel and Brenda McLeod, yep. which is a mix of Blades in the Dark mechanics and Spire mechanics. Yep. Um, And being able to play this game, find different tones for what I want, find games mm-hmm. that fit that tone, and borrowing different mechanics from each and every one of them, or, like, even getting into their discords and saying, oh, yeah, no, this one game did this one thing really cool. I think I'm going to uh, modify that and put that into my system. Yeah. You know, Lancer doing that, ad, for example, or Icon being another example yeah. where in the very basic version, they're like, yeah, the narrative exploratory phase is basically Blades in the Dark downtime. Just mm-hmm. do that. And uh, quick note, um, hi, everything that Cole just said is why you should go listen to Inside the Table. Just mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. We have an episode talking about uh, Spark by Resistance games coming up um, mm-hmm. and should be recorded on this Monday. So it should be out this Thursday on the 25th. Yeah. Depending on when this comes out. So it will have all, it probably would have already come out because I have yep. no idea when these are getting edited. <laughs> eh, you know, uh, just eh. go listen inside the table, pick an episode. Uh, they're all good. They're all so, very like, good. You'll be fine. Go listen to the uh, one about Airbud Esports. That's my favorite one. That that is a really good one. <laughs> All right. Now, the next few questions are all pertaining to season one, not including the finale. Mm-hmm. First off, this way this question actually came from you. Uh, what major goal did you have for your character this season? I feel like for Tristero, this might be a little obvious. Yeah. Um the Big major goal was to get Pyro off the streets. Cristero's major overstated goal was, I want Pyro off the streets so no one ever has to deal with anything I have ever had to deal with. Mm-hmm. The underlying major goal was burning out Tristero in a bright, beautiful ball of flame. The final act. The final act, yeah. That was my original goal. I wanted to speed run stress. And you almost did, having... Uh... A consistent. I'm gonna have to go back and look at what your average was, but I know for the first five episodes, three of them you traumaed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or no, yeah. four of them because you recovered one during that. Ooh, ooh. I I went right up to the wire and stopped mm-hmm. right before crossing it over, and yep. that's a. I I have to give a lot of credit where it's due, like, uh. John, Parker, and Rue, all of them playing characters who, like, saw Tristero getting into trouble a lot and going, okay, hold on, there's something wrong here. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. And Tristero mm-hmm. being like, nope, too busy, gotta work, gotta work. Yep. Uh, and and they was, just dragged you out of that, and it was so good to watch. God, I think that goes a lot into just table chemistry and mm-hmm. investment in everyone's story. Um and just, like, the different ways to convey that across the table. Because, Absolutely. yeah, Tristero's end goal eventually changed uh, because of what people did for him. 
So speaking of, we've talked about your original expectations for your character. How did it change? Yeah. Uh, Tristero, uh, a lot of like the conversation and the one of the big parts of just uh, talking with Jamie as Mother Naria, who was basically Tristero's vice dealer, uh, mm-hmm. he had a obligation to take care of the grave of one of his uh, dead lovers and par- ex-partners, uh, Lem. And that was all he was doing with his time outside of planning and conspiracy building and, you know, making the red string bo- cork board in the background. Mm-hmm. And that all changed once Mother Naria said, you're doing too much. Get out until you can get yourself in check. And I actually, uh, that actually helped out a lot because I was like, yeah, no, what would he do? And I stole one of my vices I was going to use for one of my other future characters if I killed off Tristero successfully mm-hmm. and got him interested in theater that way, which makes it really fun for next season. Um, yeah. It, 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 the entire end goal for Tristero changed a lot uh, because he was like, they're right. If I only do this, what is there going to bring? Mm-hmm. What what else would be next? And as far as Tristero is concerned, it's like there's nothing after this. I don't I'd have achieved my goal and I'm just gonna, you know, catch next either catch the next train out of Dustfall or catch the next train into the, the ghost field. Well Which, that would have ended interestingly either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you ended up not leaving, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we're hitting the highlight reel. Starting with your favorite episode outside of the finale, and why. God. I know, it's a tough one. Uh, I... A very specific clip I want to take. I want I want that clip of your character Wick dressing down Tristero mm-hmm. in the sewers after Tristero's like you have to do I'm giving you this job and Wick being like no that's not my job let them do I'm paying they, you actually yeah <laughs> I'm paying you asshole think about it uh, I think that's one of my favorite highlights for sure mm. actually that might actually even be my favorite episode because. That moment with the getting very close to stressing full on out again. I was mm-hmm. back down to two scars, two uh, mm-hmm. quirks, but being very close to the edge and saying, yeah, no, I'm going to roll resistance on this after setting the entire building on fire. Yep. And uh, it's one of my favorite things for like this dice tell a story and like support something and crit on to mm-hmm. that resistance roll. Also, isn't that the same episode you did lose your vice purveyor? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think episode six, just by moments alone, is, like, the Tristero episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I talked about this a little bit with Parker. Uh, my, my favorite moment was the Mother Naria conversation, um, followed by Wick trying not to pick you know, moments that have me in them. Um, Because I just make everything better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, that and then the other 
my other favorite highlight for you was episode five, right? That's the Silver Stag episode. Yes. Um, you and John, partner and partner. I loved every. I need. I need a reel that is just partner and partner moments from episode five. I when I said that, I was like, I'm clinging on to this bit for dear life. Yep. I will say episode five, definite highlight moment with partner and partner. Low light moment. Hey, you want to do drugs to get you out of here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worst decision I've ever made. Yeah, that that went terribly, honestly. Um, now, okay. So next up is favorite NPC. But before that, what pastry do you secretly wish Mort knew how to make? Oh. Astrostero. Astrostero? Uh, so, there is actually a coffee shop here in Austin that does okay. these, like, really delicious pillows. They're, like, em they're basically empanadas, but, like, a little bit thicker. And they make them with cardamom cream. Ooh. And they have, like, cinnamon sugar uh, on the outside of the uh, pillow. Mm-hmm. Mort should make that. Ooh, that would be so good. Oh, it's so, uh, so good. Here's the problem. I asked this question, and I immediately want the thing that people talk about. I'm going to get it tomorrow morning. I've gotten it three days in a row so far. That's so valid. Um, I need to make something is where I'm at. Now, Also, the, the pastries Parker is made on stream at one point based off a description from Jamie. I also need a cookbook of all the different foods we talked about because we've had a couple different instances. Lemon bars, beignets, a yep. whole um, bunch of good stuff. Favorite NPC from the season, not including the finale. Not including the finale. Um, I really, I really love the energy from the flock and Lord Scurlock. Mm -hmm. Just the, I... I think I was making the joke in Zoom chat the entire time when we got to meet the flock of just Lord Scurlock and his wife going, hey, we like your vibe. Just yep. putting well, that energy out the whole time. That's the fucking name of the episode, Cole. <laughs> I know. It's just vibes. <laughs> oh. So, they were just so good. They were so threatening. And I still remember episode two of an episode, like, a different kind of storm than Echo walking yeah. into the the house and then going to the backup house. Mm -hmm. I think, going back to the highlight question, that is also one of my favorite highlights. It's like, hey, uh, we know we're about to get raided. What if we just had a decoy house? Does Tristero regret any decisions he made this season? The drug, the drug thing on a... Uh, drug thing in episode 5. Okay. Um, I think breaking Mother Naria's trust, uh, both in episode two and also when he lost his vice in episode six. Yeah, yeah. Also, I did that weird thing where like Tristero's crying to the weeping lady. I kind of wish I ran that back and more it was just having Tristero cry out to the open air and had Mother Naria in the background hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was one of those scenes. I thought it played out really well, but I see where you're coming from of like, yeah, I would have framed that a little differently, which yeah. is always nice about looking back at these. Yeah, 
like you know storyboard version being very different from what i would actually want the final version to be yeah exactly um with that we then dive into the finale and all of the intensity red strings and ridiculousness that it was um so your main goal going into this was to burn it all down. That is a quote from Tristero during the episode. Mm-hmm. That worked. Yeah. I straight up told them the ep- a couple episodes before, I will burn everything you know and leave nothing but ash. Yeah. And I, I think you did that. Um, th- That being said... <laughs> I just remembered how I did that too. I was like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that, but... Sometimes yeah. you roll a six. Sometimes you roll a six. Um, so for each for each character in your party, because this is the finale is something I really wanted to dive into because that's the whole reason we wanted to do these interviews in the first place was to get y'all's reactions about the finale. Uh, for each character, what was the highlight moment? Oh, um. Let's start off with, I think the highlight moment for John mm. was that one fucking line that Mort said of, if you don't want to be a father, I can help you with that, or something along those lines. Just like it was, So it was, and I have it quoted in Nightbot for us, um, but it is, you keep saying you didn't want to be a father, so let me end that for you. So something along there, because I remember end that for you, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> also, we, no one saw that twist coming. I really no, we had no idea. No, but like it makes sense, kind of in the long run. Like, yeah. Why? Why? Why did the hunted hunt get so interested in John? Mm-hmm. It. We would think, oh, it's just because of the spoon, and you know found a prey and helped him out no the hunt just saw him went oh i know who you're related to yep just and i yeah parker and i have our own chat going on and i'm gonna get the mm-hmm. rest of them into a big group chat so we kind of start talking about stuff yeah. but i really want to know all of board's backstory because the whole your sister and your mother are off in taika rossi and i'm like wait what also, what? hold on. To be clear, we only know the mother's in Tykerosi. The sister got brought up later. So the sister might still be in Duskfall. I just had a lot of thoughts hit my head in the back right now. Yep. We also have like a whole conspiracy theory of like who... Mm, go watch the finale. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen the finale no, yet... The, no, there's spo- spoilers for the finale are allowed. Go ham. Yeah. Um... We are currently theorizing who all, all the masked people are. I know you said uh, Nara, uh, Leader of the Hive, she invited herself there, but how did she get that info? That's fair. That's fair. I like that counterpoint. I Parker said, oh yeah, no, she invited herself. And I went, yeah, no, that's right. And then me- next morning I immediately messaged, how did she get the info though? I mean, she's the Hive. They kind of know they're tier five. They kind of know everything. That's my mm-hmm. assumption of the hive, though. God. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so 
Speaking of Parker, what was your favorite moment for Asher? Oh. It's a little bit of it's a little bit of just like the murder of file smasher. Yep. That was pretty hardcore. Um but there was also a oh god, there was something else she did like early on in the episode. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um fucking Archie. It was um, a hug for Archie. There it is. Yeah. Especially after we like the whole reveal, the hug for yeah. Archie, just like oh. And I'm gonna say this now, so you can remember it when we start up season two. I told Archie I'm gonna hug him after the job. Oh no, I brought that up in the interview with Parker. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Also, let's not forget John or Mort also hugged. Archer mm-hmm. or Archie, and that scene was adorable. Can can I just For say something to, about John real quick? In, yes, absolutely. John is an absolute talent and a amazing actor, and his character carries so much weight and just little movements and silent mm-hmm. things and just letting stuff hover. And it's just it's more impact than anything I could do as Tristero trying to make a big grand gesture because John knows how to carry a moment. Yep. And that like, that is the biggest thing I love about John is he is a man of talent, knowledge, know-how and expertise. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. We will, we will be touching on all of the cast members in a similar light here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, all right, so we've got Mort, we've got Asher. Rue is so cool. Crow Rue is so is cool. So fuck- Rue and Crow are so fucking cool. Oh my god. Overall, Crow, I think the entire dynamic of the crew would have been so different if Crow was never there. Crow is such a very ba- needed individual. Based on the episodes where Crow isn't there, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Z is also Rue. If you're watching this, you're wonderful. I love you. I love everything you do. You are absolutely amazing. I am so happy you were on the cast. Um, Crow's highlight moment. Oh God, it's gotta be the makeup, ain't it? It's gotta be coming back from the yeah. break with the makeup and like releasing all these uh ghosts and like mm-hmm. finding out who vile smasher killed yep yep so uh so speaking of that i brought this up with parker here's the benefit the more of these i do the more weird questions i get to ask does tristero know all 33 names i think he lived in the same apartment complex at one point (laughs) i think he lived there at one point that makes sense but also, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my my other thing. Sorry, I meant to do this as we were talking through them. Um, more for me, the favorite moment was hugging Archie. But again, as I as I've mentioned, I knew Archie was gonna betray y'all at the end. Yeah, you traitorous motherfucker. I know. I know. It's like I'm a producer and I get to know things ahead of time. 
Um, but with that, that moment broke my heart. Like it was so good. And then for Asher, I I actually had two because they exemplified the same trait that kind of developed out of Parker's character. Um, coming to get Tristero to help Mort and be like, I don't do the talking. You do the talking. Get down there. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the in right before we cut to break, the harpoons hit the boat and you see the blue coats outside and you say, I don't have the stress for this. Parker is on point and goes, I do. Can I talk about that real quick? Yeah, my initial absolutely. plan, my honest to God, initial plan was this is where the rest of the crew goes to jail and Parker has to break us out next season. I was prepared to like, the reason why I started grabbing stuff was I was going to give it to Parker because I knew they could mm. go into shadow, disappear, yeah. and then reappear wherever. And then we just figure it out next season. And, that, and then Crow mentioned, I have a ghost key. I was like, oh yeah, we can do ghost shit. Well, to be fair, to to be fair to you in the moment, um, you didn't know Rue had enough stress for that because I think you have to push yourself to do it. Um, so <laughs> I'm very happy about how that ended up. Though that was really oh, yeah. cool. Oh yeah. Um, and actually we're already here let's talk about let's talk about these final few moments of the finale and my enjoyment i don't remember if i brought this up to you decompress was the moment i could tell y'all were no longer paying attention to me because the entire episode y'all have been watching my tells and are like brandon what are you what are you doing what are you laughing at right now um you were all so entranced by Archie's speech that you didn't see, or the time stop thing that happened right beforehand, you did not see the smile that had creeped across my face as I knew what was coming. Because the start of that scene is what I had heard already. Oh, God. What a fucking cool thing, too. I... I think I was never more in touch with my character than in that moment where I was just like pissed as all hell. And you could like see me actually chewing on the inside of my mouth trying to go, uh-huh. okay, what do I do next? Just it, do I get to move? Is there going to be a breath in the moment? And there was a, like the last few lines I was like, no, I don't get that breath. I'm not going to have this moment. What do I do with this now? You sit on it until season two. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, I know we're uh, we're doing a time jump. I'm really I have an idea where Tristero is going to be, but mm-hmm. also it's going to depend a lot on session zero. Yep. Um, which God. for those who haven't heard it yet, we do session zeros for each season, in case because people change and they deserve mm-hmm. to be able to resubmit consent forms or talk about what they expect with their characters going into the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, good thing to do in your campaigns. You should do one about every couple months or something. Um, but with, with that final speech, oh, hold on. Actually, before we get to that, Mm -hmm. favorite moment for Tristero. Oh, one part of me is the kill. The other part of me is walking downstairs to help out Mort and then immediately Mm -hmm. going, where's the safe? Yep. 
Um, that was the moment. Uh, so that was the moment that Parker had picked for you. Um, <laughs> and then uh, mine was the the kill because I thought that was really like it was very powerful in its own right. And the reason I specifically call it out is because both you and Parker looked at the kills because that's the only kills y'all got that episode and immediately wanted to go to Skag and be like, told you so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will say my runner-up is, for a favorite moment, Tristero, is the speech to Bort, who is having like a breakdown of just like... I think you immediately messaged me, like, how much Destiny do you play? Yeah, because I was like, you called Mort a guardian, and yeah. the way there was a cadence to it, that was like, that's fucking Zavala. Why is why is Tristero Zavala right now? And then I had Jamie private message me, and it was like, a goddamn Destiny reference. I never thought I'd see it. I was very proud. Like, I knew as I was saying the speech, I was like, I have to end it with go get him, Guardian. I have to yeah. end it with that. Yep. Uh, which that was so is also, good. I will say, is backed up by the fact I've been reading a lot of the brightest things we know, which is Destiny based. So, which you and I need to talk about because you told me the touchstones for that. And I went, I am very interested in oh. this. 2023. All I'm saying. 2023. 2023. Yep. I have ideas. Yep. So, um, we'll go, we'll go back to the end of the finale in a minute. Um, cause the other thing I wanted to touch on was we got introduced and you especially got introduced to these characters because you had the dossier going into this, mm-hmm. um, which I'm hoping by the time I've posted these interviews, I've also uploaded the dossier for folks. Um, but, uh, out of all the NPCs introduced in the finale, who is your favorite? Oh God. I, I really, really, I like the cockiness of Talia, the bear. Mm-hmm. I love... Now the bull. Now the bull. Good to know. Um, yeah, she was wearing a bull mask. Oh. I made note of that. Oh, I don't know why I thought she'd be another bear. Uh, but I really just love how fucked up and absolutely unhinged the burn demon was. Like... Mm-hmm absolutely just out the gate wild and um just very wrong uh mort's father felt yep it's just like everything you were saying everything you were doing feels terrible and oh shit mort's gonna become that in the future maybe listen i heard the phrase from the hunt well that's if okay Quick conspiracy theory, side tangent. Um, That's if Mort keeps... There might be a way to get rid of the Hunt's power. Is my understanding. Because otherwise, yeah, it's going to be Mort's running from the Hunt until he's, like, corrupted from the inside out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we have the brand, but I think it's going to be more in-depth. Yeah. I, I do think we're going to get more affiliate with the Damned if we survive our uh, oh. arrest warrant. Oh, like, so that's, that's what you're thinking. That's what I'm thinking at the moment, but honestly, I there's a there's a lot of different ways to crack an egg. 
That's fair. Okay. We're going to put a pin in that. Oh, yeah. Because I, I have a whole set of season two questions. We're going to put a pin in that. So, coming back to that final moments on the boat and then on that rooftop. And we, as we pan out on the city of Dustfall, an entire military base and two boats on fire. How does Tristero feel about Archie now in the wake of everything that has happened? Uh, this is kind of previewing what I've been thinking about for the past few days. Yep. Um, and what I think will be carried over into season two, unless uh, something dramatically changes. Tristero feels kind of sad for Archie. He, okay. Because what Tristero took away from the conversation is Archie wants to burn everything down, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Tristero just did. Yep. Which will go into the next question about how Tristero feels about Pyro and the firebugs. Mm-hmm. And Tristero thought he would feel something after this. And he doesn't. He doesn't feel a thing. Nothing has changed. There has, like, things are still the same. There's just now a power vacuum in the middle. I think Tristero kind of pities Archie a little bit. In the very beginning, like, during that whole speech, he was pissed. Mm-hmm. Because this is something he thought he had a close friend in, that he felt confident in. He was excited to go see, uh, uh, what's it called? Hold on, I have it written up somewhere. Oh, the play? Yeah. Uh, the something poppers. Pride and poppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was excited to go see that with him and Anya. He was, like, they, Tristera was legitimately excited at the fact that, like, you know, maybe I can find other stuff. And now knowing Archie is doing something Tristero has done, which is work himself, coldly calculating, conspiratorially, mm-hmm. pulling people together. Mm-hmm. And now Tristero's just like that. Oh God, I I really am like you. You are. Yeah. Didn't Archie say that at some point? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, first off, I agree completely. Um, as, if I was in Tristero's shoes, that's how I would feel. Second, oh, that's such a drastically different answer than I got earlier this week from several people, and I love it so much. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw an extra one in here. How do you feel about Anya right now? Archie's wife. We didn't get to see Anya on screen a lot, but I like to imagine that Tristero did feel pretty close to her just because she swung with the whole decoy house idea so quickly. Yep. And, you know, there would be maybe another life where, like, Tristero learned from her on how to plan events and be a, uh, uh, whatever her role is in the game. I forget what it is. I think Tristero is curious about what Anya is thinking. Mm -hmm. If she is as involved as Archie is, which like, there's no doubt that she is. Yeah, I think they cannot be as close as they are without her also being in on the deal, which means there's something else Mm -hmm. going on, too. I think he's curious, and if he gets the same answers as he did from Archie from Anya, Mm -hmm. then it would turn into pity as well. 
and just like a deep seated melancholy of like, is this what all my crew and friends felt like when I was going mm -hmm. off the deep end? Mm. You'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm real excited for season two. I've already told Parker like some of my hopes for the end of that. Um, so ending ending our notes on the finale before we we go into season two because I am really excited to talk to you about that. Um, how are you feeling about Murmur knowing that it was just a catalyst for this to do exactly what Archie wanted? I think it's just like the same way. Um most medications have like they can also be used for terrible things. I think yeah. Tristero still sees a good product in Murmur. And okay. so to kind of preview one I have a whole multitude of long-term projects I want to do for season two. Yeah. One of the ones I really thought about doing is I want to get Murmur because I I'm hoping we're still producing it. I'm hoping we still like um, gave the plans. We're just not well. So if I'm remembering the finale correctly, the warehouse that Murmur was being produced at is empty. So that means all the tools are gone? Mm -hmm. Which means we have a lot of pissed off crews that I'm going to have to worry about next season. Maybe. That's a lot of money for the Hive. That is a lot of money for the Hive. Um, and you were supplying it to, Anya, uh, to um, Helene for the Silver Stag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna... That's a season two problem. That's a couple months from now problem. That is a couple months from now problem. Um, um But one of the things I did want to do with Murmur is mm -hmm. I want to... And I'm probably gonna deal with the flock on this part, but one of the ideas I had was, like, what if we take Murmur, manipulate okay. it to where it locks into one memory and one memory only, and then you can interact and walk around that memory freely. Because I want to go back to that entire conversation with the Kindled and start getting physical descriptions of them that way. Oh, that's smart as fuck. I'm the spider for a reason, motherfucker. Yeah. I, that was a... We'll get to that. Um, last question on the finale. At the end of all this, how are you feeling about your crew? these people have seen me probably at my worst and decided to stick around when I needed people with me the most. Mm -hmm. And I have also seen at least two of them at their worst. And I want to be there, uh, or at least one. One, Maybe at sure. most two. Yeah. Uh, I think at this point, the crew is some something very close to Tristero. Mm -hmm. And now the question is, what is he not willing to do for the crew? Interesting. Okay. So, now, now for the bread and butter, at least for me and you, because we have not gotten to talk about this outside of one or two messages to each other. Season two. And the first question comes from Jamie, and we both already know the answer to this. Has Dustfall seen the last of Tristero Valentine? No. Yeah. They will be back. But you might see some extra people pop up here and there. And has Dustfall broken Tristero or made 
them stronger? I think the answer to this is both. I think in order to be stronger, they had to be broken down and just like they had to figure stuff out experiencing it. They had mm-hmm. to reach a goal and realize that wasn't the satisfaction I expected and be let yeah. down in order to refocus and think it over again. Speaking of thinking, what's your mindset for Tristero going into next season? Um, To resolve and unravel. Okay. I think is like the two things I'm going with is... So resolving what happened during the finale mm-hmm. and then what what all are you unraveling because that could i think that could I, go several i directions. want to know what i think tristero would be like what pushed archie to this point because i told him what pushed me to my point i want to know what is making him think this way mm-hmm. and like that's going to be again a whole bunch of long-term projects i have ideas for that i straight up told the crew like or i've at least mentioned to parker I think mm-hmm. this is going to end up being a crew long-term project where we start digging down on this between mm-hmm. jobs. That'd be really interesting. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling you'll learn a little more about that throughout the season since the focus is the kindled. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we've played a whole season of Blades in the Dark. What do you want to see more in the next season? There... I definitely want to I definitely want to do at least one demon killing. At least one. But one thing I was trying to do was as I was like trying to write out, okay, if this happens, this is what Tristera is going to be doing during that three mm-hmm. months, this is where we're going. I started looking at all the districts. Uh we have a socialist anarchist movement in Dustfall. Did you know? Do we? Yeah, they're they are currently working on getting equal rights for Scovelanders. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And there's another union worker who is being threatened by a whole bunch of factories who is working on getting unionized factory workers. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to interact with both of them because I think Tristero's gonna be like, oh yeah, I need to go read uh I need to go I need to go read the Communist Manifesto for a little bit. I, yeah, you know, that's valid. <laughs> yeah. Um Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. And then obviously you want to see a transport job. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. More goats. More goats. More goats. Um, actually, one tale, other thing is I really want to see in the next season as well mm-hmm. is more weird jobs. Like that second episode one was and more like interaction with the crew and being like mm-hmm. caught out in very awkward moments of just like dealing with family or um I do want the one joke job to be we have to help Crow uh get papers to the professor without the professor noticing or something like that. Oh that would be funny. Um <laughs> now hey hold on. We're gonna go between season one and season two as we're talking about this question because you say weird jobs you say episode two, which was the party. I think episode three, where y'all go out to the Deathlands. <laughs> I want to do that one too. Which was such Scooby-Doo shit the entire time. Episode three was a great way of just like, hey, what if we made Blades in the Dark a dungeon delver? That and is really what happened. 
Yeah. There are fortunate games like this, but like doing this in our show, I think was yeah. really fun. Mm -hmm. I would like to do that again. That's why I was like, hey, we should make a uh, town out in the Deathlands for the Quiet Year game. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And as you and I have talked about, I have a little project on the side that I'm hoping we'll get to do on Huntsman's Hydra at some point where it is more of a dungeon dweller. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, okay. So yeah, more more weird jobs and you want a demon killing. I mean, I know the perfect person to go to for demon killing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be... Uh... You know, four people, actually. Yeah. So... I'm going to be more polite to the damned and actually call ahead of time. That's Exam a great protocol. plan. That's <laughs> a great plan. So speaking of what that was leading into, y'all are now without a patron. What's Tristero thinking? Is he thinking the damned? Uh, honestly, I was of like two different thoughts. Okay. If, and a part of this was like me and Parker, Parker and I talking. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be interesting to have Helene be our patron work out the silver stag. Yep. I'd also think it'd be interesting if we forgo the entire patron thing and we change crew playbooks entirely and trade that patron ability out for something else. Oh, so instead of being hawkers, be something else. Mm-hmm. Because we have a very... We have a skill set that has shown itself a lot that makes yep. sense for another playbook. And that Which we could one? easily do if we wanted to. Which one are you thinking? Shadow. Uh, yeah. I should I should say smugglers just so you can send that to Jamie. <laughs> that would be interesting. But Everything's based off vehicles now. Yeah. Listen, there's a Sparkcraft car playbook we could get. Oh gods. Oh no. That's why I kept joking with Wick that like, are you gonna are you gonna make a car? Are you using are you using pyro too, to make nitrous? I, I'm too busy for cars. Let's yeah. be real here. But, like, my actual answer would probably be, like, we would be shadows. We would be burglars and spies. Mm -hmm. And we could still technically borrow stuff from the Hawker playbook. Yeah. Uh, you know, patron, uh, patron, um, good stuff. All that stuff could be utilized in selling information. But that's also, if you want to keep... Part of that is also, do you want to keep the murmur business, which we've kind of talked about? Yeah. And it's also how much of that can you actually keep? Yeah, because we actually don't know the formula ourselves. Yeah. We know people who know the formula because they messed with it, but... Yeah. Now, for the most uh, part, we don't know what it is. Which, actually, if you wanted to keep murmur, then uh, Skirlock might be a good bet for a patron. Another... Excuse me. Another thought. Mm -hmm. Um... But we have to, like, deep background check everyone we work with, because any of them could be the Kindled. There are so many people on the Kindled. Uh, is it eight or nine? I think it's nine. I think it's nine. Because I think it's Archie plus eight, and you know two of them. Yep, we know that. Wait, we didn't talk yeah. about this. <laughs> you want to you throw that question to me real quick? Yeah, how did you feel knowing uh, Marasi was alive and your next enemy? <laughs> I thought about it a lot. Like, again, it is that in the moment, uh, anger towards Archie for withholding mm -hmm. that. Shock that she's alive. The thought of, wait, then who did I bury? 
and then relief afterward. Because, yeah. like, well, shit, I guess she's not running with the firebugs. That brings up more questions than answers. But, hey, she's not hooked on pyro, at least. Kind of, maybe. Maybe. And I... I'm going to say this, too. I think knowing this will be a point of weakness for Tristero. Mm-hmm. But I want you to tell Jamie this in case you uh, you and them have, like, pre-season two talks. I think Tristero, at least once every couple of weeks, is writing a letter and leaving it on the grave where he buried Marasi. Oh. Hoping the real one comes around and finds them. No, just simple, like... Hey, how you doing? Yeah. This feels like I feel relief that you're alive. Um, I and just like venting out all that hurt and explanations and such, but still like, you know, something nice. Which will be a point of weakness and again goes back to Tristero kind of pitying mm-hmm. and like no longer on this quest for revenge. Ah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I was not going to be upset if Tristero died because I was like, that'd be, to me, that was good storytelling of like, if you go on a revenge plot, but it gets cut short, that's what happens. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I. Oh, just. Everything that came out of Tristero's backstory this season was really good, which I know it was kind of on purpose considering it was a very Tristero-focused season. Mm -hmm. Um, It now makes me really excited for seeing... I know we've been teased that Asher's backstory is coming up. I'm also Uh, hoping we get to see more and more. I want to see more of Crow's dealings with um, Lord Scarlock as well, too, because... That, I think that's like a question from season one is, and will be interesting to hear from a, a Rue's interview mm-hmm. because Crow could easily just go back to Skurlock. Yeah. And that can be a all, like it is a safety net for Crow mm-hmm. but the last thread snapping for the crew, I would say. So speaking of we saw the image of when when Asher looked at Rue with the go with the um, ghostly eye. We see that last string. Who do you think that is? It, it's got to be Scurlock. Like it, to me, that makes sense because Crow flew from the nest but was never really let free. I think Scurlock yeah. has been watching uh, him the entire time. Fair enough. Uh, we had uh, we had two guesses so far. We've had Scurlock, and we had Archie. That was the other because, thing too, because Silas was very much involved in all of Archie's stuff outside of the criminal activity. So could have also been Based Archie's favorite book. TA. Mm-hmm. It, here's my reason why I, I hmm. actually. So of everyone in the crew who is most likely to flip on the crew, it could mm-hmm. al- it would also be Crow. Yeah. That's fair. Which I'm real excited in season two, just like finding out more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know a little bit about what Parker's thinking with Asher. Yeah. I'm really interested to find out what 
uh, John is thinking with Mort and what Rue is thinking with Crow. I really yeah. want to like dig into their heads, be like, how do y'all feel about this? Because mm-hmm. I think Tristero should be like very plain and open. Like, he's me. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, now, so last question on season two. Looking ahead, what what is Tristero's new mark that he wishes to leave on Dustfall? What what do they want to be remembered for now? Do they want to be remembered? I think it's that. I think Tristero wants to be just like a whisper of Duskfall. Just left in the That's wind. That's a different playbook, Cole. Different playbook. What do you think I'm digging into next? I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, I would like to be, take the Tempest ability. I would like to attune with Ghost more. Okay. Okay, but... You would have taken Wick's advice to heart. And yeah, I would, I would have done that. ghost about it. <laughs> oh my god! But just be oh. a, a a whisper, a faint, a faded breath on Duskfall. Yeah, because I think, despite how Tristero feels now, I think Tristero is going to look back and be like, "The actually, it could go another way too." I think Tristero's big thing is like I personally do not think I left a good mark on the city. Mm-hmm. But I think the crew I have can and will. Interesting. Okay. Um, I, I'm really excited to see that. I did remember one question that I meant to ask during the season one part. And this came up with Parker. Because um, we, di- we dived quite a bit into each episode. When we got to episode six, my main question was, how was it having an unknown an unknown force in the party like having wick join for a heist that is now a chaotic element you've added and what i'm really asking is how did it feel having a guest in your crew i think that fifth person dynamic of having someone mm-hmm. who is tangible and able to interact and has their own skill set is was a lot of fun I would love to see more of that in season two. I would love to have Wit come back. I would mm-hmm. love it if Skag came back and just went, why not just murder the entire place? Less problems that everyone's dead. No witnesses. No, no heat. No witnesses. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Skag, no heat. There's definitely heat. There's definitely um, heat. And also, y'all have like a whole ability where you don't get heat. Uh, fun fact, we didn't pick that up until... We were almost done with that campaign. <laughs> I think the we picked it up only like come at the end. I yeah, I think we picked that up right before the Ghost Leviathan showed up. God, I have to point this out in the finale too because I think I typed it in Zoom chat again of just yeah. like what what comes out, what comes out when a uh, crow is doing the whole summoning thing. I was like Ghost Leviathan. It's always a Ghost Leviathan. That's mm-hmm. always the answer. Oh God, uh, for. For those who don't know, even though I've talked about this on like five different streams at this point, uh, the Damned are actually Jamie and I's home or online Blades in the Dark game. It was off stream. It was myself, Jamie, uh, Punkle Nix, and pronouns in my bio, aka Sam. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you know any of them, you can completely figure out who's who very easily because we all kind of played ourselves. Um, 
The Ghost Leviathan was our final boss because mm-hmm. we killed a demon, but in the process, it lost control on the Ghost Leviathan that it was trying to absorb to become more powerful. <laughs> Rip us and Duskfall. Uh, we should say that game was GM by Pulsar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that was GM by Pulsar, and which you can see his amazing talent over on Denari's Half Dozen with Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, and you actually get to run games for you over at starting uh, startplayinggames.io.com. Dot game. I think it's startplaying.games. There we go. I have an account because yeah. I left a review after the Blades of the Dark game. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That's all I got on season two. Now, talking about the show overall. All encompassed. Uh, what would you like to say about the cast, the crew, the channel, anything? This is your open stage to talk to praise or damn anyone you want. All right, let's talk about Huntsman's fucking Hydra. These motherfuckers got a wonderful group of people together, encouraged them to have a space to play online and showcase their skills and make a show. Mm -hmm. You made a tweet about this, and I agree. Fire in the Dark is a great example of a show. Mm -hmm. Yes, we talk about the dice rolls. Yes, we get into the conversation about what happened. But there are dramatic moments carried by people like Crow uh carried by Mort, carried by Asher, uh, who are Rue, John, and Parker, respectively, who know exactly how to emote and bring out emotions in everyone else at the table. Who led by a wonderful, amazingly talented GM, who by the way, this is their first time in a long-term streamed campaign as a narrative storyteller. Jamie knew exactly what threads to pull for each and every character to make them go. And you can look at this every time you look at the VOD of they mention one thing and you can see at least one to two people go, oh shit. Yep. I don't like that. You and if no one it. does, it's me in the background. Yep. Um, the Huntsman's Hydra is a great place to have a show, to showcase games, to showcase very talented people. Um, please support the show over it. If you are watching this, you probably supported the show already. But uh, if you show this to your friends and your friends like what I'm talking about, get them to listen to the show. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Um, watch us do it live on Twitch. So a weird phrase. And then mm-hmm. if you want to continue giving, please do. It goes back to support Brandon and his partner. And it helps us out and encourages us to keep doing this as well. Now that I said all my praises about everyone and how talented they are, fuck you, Jamie. Fuck you. <laughs> this is the only part I'm clipping. I'm going to ignore all of that. I'm going to clip this right here. <laughs> how dare you break my heart with Archie? How dare you? How dare you come back and come at me with Marisol? Oh, God. I mean, you'd be mad at me, too. Yeah. Also, fuck you, Ashen. There you go. You don't get to say it very often, so yeah. I'm letting you have this one. Usually it's yeah. a fuck you call in the chat. Exactly. Um, uh, oh my god. It, you know it's a good stream if I'm able to get a flip off from you off camera or if I have a fuck you call in the Twitch chat. 
Um, but yeah, no. Uh, actually, let me go back to the cast. Uh, to talk about Parker, mm-hmm. goddamn chaotic energy. Just they do such a great job of just being like falling in love with like some wonderful characters and like giving that emotion on screen and at the same time making everyone feel like everything's fine and then immediately coming in and be like oh yeah no i break into the safe while the giant monstrosity is right behind me like there are so many good moments with parker rue does such a good job with the inflection on their voice with the way he speaks, the way they give that like nice, calm, slightly creepy tone that makes you go, oh, right. Z is a whisper. Mm-hmm. And I, I've already said my thing about John, about how he carries these silent moments with the most impact. He, yeah, no, John is fantastic. Go listen to Downtime with John and Emily if you want like some more joyful stuff. Yeah, joyful stuff. Go to that. Um, anything else? Uh, Outlaws and old ones, which mm-hmm. is all of that is a part of the Outlaws Network, which are dear friends of Huntsman Hydra, um, I... and actually the reason we use Poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I am extremely lucky that Jamie recognized me from a lot of uh, chats, and that I love tabletop games so much because I got to sit at a table with such amazing people, and get to hang out with people who I am excited to call friends. And if I see them at uh, any convention, we end up going somewhere. I'm going to, yeah, I'm probably going to make them play other games too. And be like, hey, you remember Bleeds in the Dark? Let's play a happier one. Or, hey, uh, let's play a horror one real quick. Uh, Rue would love that. Rue would love that. Oh my God. Um, and I, I, I talked about this a little bit when I was chatting with Parker, but the other thing I really enjoy about Huntsman Sider is being able to bring folks like y'all together um especially when i get to see y'all's table dynamic and then i go okay i need you two for a show i need you two for a show you can be pretty much anything um and just the joy of like being able to see what y'all really enjoy about these different shows and say okay let me give you more of that um because like for you you're kind of my jack of all trades and that i really get to enjoy because Hell, we had a conversation earlier this week because Mariah brought up wanting to do a one-on-one game and she really likes Blades in the Dark, but she wants like the the full one-on-one experience. And I went, all right, Cole, I haven't had time to look at Itch. Do you know anything? And I get six games that may or may not work. <laughs> it's actually more than six now that I'm looking at it. it was yeah, seven, no, because you asked and then I went and talked to you. Um, I actually want to shout out a community real quick. Um, There is a community I actually joined back in 2018 that really encouraged me to get into more tabletop games. I started playing a whole bunch of them. And they're Mm -hmm. game devs. They are community advocates. And uh, one person is not only very active in their hometown as a community activist, but they also care for a lot of cats. They have no fewer than like four cats in their homes at all times because they foster a ton of them. But Role Plus Bond is a amazing community that started off with people who liked friends at the table, who liked their games, and said, we should make a one-shot to play this. And so many people said that, that they went, let's make a Discord, and we'll they manage host that. host all of those, yeah. 
Uh, we have had no fewer than like five games running at one time. That sounds um, right, yeah. And when a new season of Friends of the Table came out, we had 10 rooms of Blades uh, Beam Saber and five rooms of Armor of Stir Advent, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse mecha fantasy, uh, science fantasy hmm. game by Weregazelle. Okay. Uh, definitely check that one out. That's really fun. It has a, some really fucking sick and, mechanics in it. And we'll have info about Roll Plus Bond uh, mm-hmm. in the show notes for y'all. Because, yeah, yeah. I, Cole's said nothing but good things about this community. Um, um, if you want to check them out, they also have their own Twitch over at Roll Plus Bond. And yep. every year, they come together to do a uh, about 72-hour uh, mm-hmm. fundraising event playing various games some of them are being play- play tested live on stream which is always great yeah and a lot of them are games that are made in that discord uh mm-hmm. we got like austin walker and they're running beam saber you got mm-hmm. uh briar soft run running armor Astra advent and things uh the brightest things we know mm-hmm. and you get like really cool interesting eclectic games uh from time to time like habits of the common house ghost or mm-hmm. uh there was one about jam i remember there being a jam game a really nice community. Definitely check them out. Um, yeah, no, that's... A, this is where the rabbit hole started for me. This is yeah. where I, like, saw it and went... Down, just head down first. I go. All dice, all character sheets, let's go. Sorry, I went on back. a tangent there. No, you're all good. Also, it really helps because you ran a... Was it Fathom that you ran in the Huntsman's mm-hmm. Hydra Discord? Which, like, yeah. that's another thing we try to encourage is if there's a system you really want to try... We can give the tools to do that kind of thing. We're not, we're not as focused on it as Roll Plus Bond, obviously, but like I am more than happy to give the space for that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I know I'll be doing it when I'm starting to play test a couple things. I uh, there is one game that is out now called Rhine, which is based off like Shadow yeah. of the Colossus and such, yep. and it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game about living in the bones of gods and giants, like on the backs of them. Mm-hmm. That game came out as a concept back in 2018. And now has an Indiegogo. Yep. Like, it's also... Yeah, you need more spaces like Huntsman's Hydra, like Roll Plus Bond. Um, like, a whole lot of spaces where, like, they encourage you to kind of work together, test out some stuff just to get a feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I did have one more closing re- remark question for you. Mm-hmm. What does Tristero have to say, if he could say anything, to Archie right now? Uh, as of right now, which I'm assuming is still like a few minutes after the time freeze of just, it would be. Sure. And you can include all the thoughts you had this week. You've had time to yeah. stew on it. Yeah. Um, it would just be Archie. I am upset right now. I feel like you broke my trust. But if there's a chance I can, uh, come find you and we can talk. I'm going to pay you back everything you ever paid for me. I owe you a hug. <laughs> I'm still going to see that show in three weeks, motherfucker. There it is. There it is. I, I, I'm really hoping that's the first scene. I, I know the time skip is probably going to be longer than that, but I would love to cut back to the three weeks after where all of you show up at the box. <laughs> well, no, we, what happens is like, we see that scene, and then it the show plays every month, so we just keep mm-hmm. going back there. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, with that, Cole, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Um, thank you. 
and being a part of this game because you you talk a lot about how this amazing crew but that includes you motherfucker um <laughs> And I've really enjoyed having you on Huntsman's Hydra and especially on Fire in the Dark as Tristero motherfucking Valentine. Put that last name underneath. I might. I might have to. I'm running out of room on that shirt. I'll let you know. (laughs) Make the font bigger. Have it just stretch all the way around. Make it into a tube top. (laughs) No, maybe. Cole, thank you so much. Uh, one final shout out. Go check out Ice Cold Brew on all of the things uh, and inside the table. All those links are in the, in the description below. And see you next season for season two of Fire in the Dark.